the Wisconsin Badgers, there is uh, 19 more days until we are going to be seeing Woo! the Badgers hosting the Fighting Illini. There's some revenge on the brain. You know, Nakia Watson was talking about it. We played that clip on Friday about how uh, Illinois is ready for a butt whooping. Well, now there's going to be a different name under center as Jack Cohn, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is out, done, over, with a foot injury, out indefinitely. He started all 14 games last year, through throwing for 2,727 yards, 18 tutties, and five picks. His pass efficiency rating, fourth best in school history, trailing only Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, Scott Tolzien, and Daryl Who's your role model, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. So the Badgers have no one with starting experience behind Cohn. Correct. They have players with game experience. Mertz, Which is Mertz, also they, they very have small. Guys yeah. with snaps. Mertz had a couple snaps last year. Chase Wolf had like three. He got time in games. And Vandenboom had a few here and there too. The year before. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the true freshman, Daniel Wright. I don't think Daniel Wright's going to be seeing the field. Yeah, I don't believe so. But uh, looking at Mertz, Vandenboom, and Wolf, so, who do you think starts? So here's the thing. <laughs> with with Cone being out indefinitely, obviously we want to know more exactly what that injury is. I mean, yeah, we've heard anything from, like you guys were saying before I came on, two to three weeks. Yeah, then to indefinitely. it's broken and he needs surgery. Um, if you're out indefinitely, I feel like so, you would be torn ligaments then, like... Either that or severely sprained, yeah. whatnot. Because if you have surgery, you should be back. I've never thought about this. Can you break and sprain at the same time? I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've never heard of it before. You, you break your foot and what if you had it amputated? That's why they're being. What is, is the sprain ligaments or is that the joint and the strain is ligament? Strains ligaments out indefinitely. <laughs> I've never am- heard of a break in a in a sprain in the same location. <laughs> foot amputation out indefinitely. What do I you mean, think? it's got to be able to happen, right? You would think so. Um, no, no one said it's not been an amputated. Do you think we we think we talk about that at all? <laughs> I mean, you, or do you think is that all the realm of possibilities? Amputation. I would. Hope, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says is. out indefinitely. I hope it's out of the realm of possibility. I hope it's not amputated. Jack- I feel like it's got to be a bad break, just because they still don't start for another three weeks. Right. Yeah. But I we'll find out more. But uh, so everyone's clamoring for Graham Mertz. So many people have been clamoring for Graham Mertz for now. This will be the second season. They're gonna get what they we, wanted. We really haven't seen him obviously take many snaps. It was all mop up duty in early season last year. Right. Now, what if all of a sudden they trot out Chase Wolf week oh one? Oh, my God. People Badger, will Badgers lose will their burn. minds. Badger fans will burn down Camp Randall. Oh, my God. We're it not would even be allowed in, but we're coming. Well, well okay, so if we, if we go back to last year, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, he, he used to go to, like, every single practice when they would let the big J's in. Yep. And he and others like him said, yeah, Jack Cohn was clearly the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he wins the job, but he also he also was one guy that was pretty vocal about Chase Wolf. He goes, he's really shown some flashes that Chase Wolf is yep. pushing yep. Graham Mertz to be the number two starter. Well, now with the weird, obviously Mertz and Wolf didn't play a ton last year. It's all Jack Cohn. You have a weird off season. There was no spring practice. Your lifting is now irregular, and you come into fall with a non regular lead up into the season 
What if all of a sudden Chase Wolf, who's been in the program longer, is your starter, takes, takes that step and he's ready, and it's still not Mertz? People are going to <laughs> lose their freak. mind. And people it's still will not Mertz. <laughs> people will lose their stuff, no doubt about it. I should put a Twitter poll up. Who do you want to see under center? Oh, oh I mean yeah. that's going to be like ninety nine percent. You got four options there. I do, but I. Oof. There's got to be some people. Do you think Jack Cohen will get over ninety percent of the vote? Or I'm sorry, Graham Mertz will get ninety percent of the vote. Yes. Do I even bother putting it up? Might as well. I'm gonna say he he gets over ninety five. What if some of the people want to see Chase Wolf? All right, I'm gonna put it out. Uh, Rowdy, set the over under at nine fifty five. We'll con- at ten o'clock. We'll conclude the Twitter poll. Ninety two and a half. Ninety two and a half. Are you able to take the over or the under? I'll take the over. Under center. But who knows? Now we might have people who are trying to jimmy rig this you're, thing. You're going to you're gonna have, somebody you're else. Gonna have your few people that are going to vote. <laughs> should you I know, put Graham Mertz first on the Twitter poll? Or should I put Chase, Chase Wolf first? Let's do it in alphabetical order. Okay. My last name. Oh, they're all down there. Okay, yeah, well, you can do that. All right, so. It'll be Mertz, so, Van and I mean, Boom. I don't want to be Graham Mertz to be the first option, though. Wolf Graham and Wright. Uh, man. All right. I think Graham Mertz is 92 and a half, you said? Yeah. Because you're going to have your jokesters. <laughs> you're going to have your jokesters and vote like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You might have your diehard Chase Wolf fans that'll have a few Wolf votes. Yep. Vandenboom, just because Vandenboom's got a very classic quarterback name. You know you're going to have the guy that's got his phone open and he's going to accidentally hit the wrong one that he didn't want to vote for. Yeah, that's why I don't want Mertz first. You fat finger it? (laughs) No! I feel like if you got Mertz first, people will fat finger it. Danny, I mean, dude, Vandenboom? His dad was an amazing safety. Doesn't that sound like a guy who can just aerate it down the field? three interceptions in 1981 against uh, Michigan for an upset uh, to... All right. What in 1981? It was. So he's got good I've genes. I watched highlights. He's Wasn't got good there genes. In person. Now my question is: Do I even bother putting Daniel Wright, the true freshman, on the Twitter poll? You have four options. He's on the depth chart. Well. All right. There might be some people uh, in like his family, hey, like his like his immediate family. Listening right is, now. Is, is there that's true. Everyone's listening. Iowa. Is there something wrong with being fourth on the depth chart a month before the season starts? Hey, ask, ask Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> ask Jonathan Taylor about it. Yep. All right. If you guys convince me. Who do you want to see under center for the Wisconsin Badgers? Your four options. Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom. Do, do a hashtag, Badgers. Or, you got it, RJ. Oops, not hashtag Adgers. We need Badgers. And hashtag or on Wisconsin. Daniel <laughs> Wright. Let's go, Who, Danny. Hey, Danny. Wait, what's Danny? Oh, wow, there's two. Well, yeah. there's a Danny and there's a Daniel. You got to call him D. Wright. D. Wright, get, D. In, the, Wright. get in the at night. Do you right get it tight? All right, it's up. I'm going to vote. S- something in me that just oh. wants to see Chase Wolf. We should have put some hashtags on there. I did. It's hashtag Badgers. No, no, I mean for – can you put hashtags in the in the options? No. Oh. I mean you can, but I don't know if it like does anything. I was just trying to think of different ones you could do for the hashtags for the quarterbacks. You got Wolfpack. <laughs> that one's easy. Who do you want to see under center for the Wisconsin Badgers? No listen, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Talking. Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom, Daniel Wright, or I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. Graham Mertz? I don't know. Has anyone heard that name, Graham Mertz? Right now, in last, I guess tied for last place, is Chase Wolf and Danny Vandenboom. Where's the respect? Daniel <laughs> Wright coming in at second. 
with 6.7% of the vote. 6.7. And leading the way, I don't, have I ever heard of this guy before? Graham Mertz at 86.7% of the vote going to, uh, it, it, I, oof, squirt for Mertz. It hurts when I Mertz. Like, what's the hashtag? I don't even uh, know. Have you guys heard of this guy, Graham Mertz, before? Never have. Apparently, he's like one of the most highly retarded quarterback recruits ever for the Wisconsin Badgers. Never, never have heard of him. <laughs> Who is this guy? All right, so Rowdy set the over-under for Mertz winning the Twitter poll at what? 92.5%. 87.1% right now. And you said what? You got to get out of the way. You got to let the burners do their thing. Yeah. You gotta... The people that accidentally hit the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JD and MSN, who we very rarely hear from, uh, chirping in. What's up, JD? Nice to hear from you. He says, I just hope Graham Mertz has progressed enough to be effective. I know he is the quote-unquote fan darling, but dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. So, Nelly, before the show started, we were talking a little bit about Jack Cohn going down, and you said Wisconsin fans are going to be getting exactly what they wish for, but... Sometimes you you, don't exactly... Sometimes you don't always get what you want. Well, in this case, they did. You get what you need. Yeah. But sometimes you got to be careful for what you wish for, Mm -hmm. because... I mean, we keep repeating this, but I feel like it needs to continue to be said, is Jack Cohn clearly won the job going into last season, and there hasn't been a much there hasn't been much time practice wise, workouts wise, where you can make a huge jump just because there hasn't been that time. And it's no one's fault. No, it's not. It's it's just it's just it's it's kind of how the situation. Yeah. Yeah. RJ, um Yes. Graham Mertz, I am uh, under the sneaking suspicion that Graham Mertz will be your starter in 19 days against the Fighting Illini, I'm, October 24th. I'm or am I wrong? I think of that. You're correct. Chase Wolf, who who's got the set? Who's who's the who's going to be a fight between Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf? Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's going to be the Graham Mertz show, but I mean, does Chase Wolf have any shot of being the starter? Or are we so caught up in the expectations and fanfare of Grand Mertz that we can't see clearly? Probably that, but you also got to look at Chase Wolf had a pretty darn good career uh, as a high school quarterback in Cincinnati. Um, so it's not like Graham Mertz is now going up against a bunch of fluff. Um, Danny Vandenboom had, had a, a darn good career. I'd, what did he win? Three state championships at Kimberly here. Um, I mean, dude was a beast in high school, but that was uh, right. You know, that was high school though. You're also saying the same thing about Graham Mertz. Uh, true, he was, he was a beast in high very school. Very true. And he was. But a, you're talking about high school. He's even a bigger beast in that high school all star game. Yeah. But again, high school. It's high school again with a bunch of guys he's not playing with. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, well, my you big... always have to put the caveat on it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the potential in the world's there, but dot dot dot, and then you just. Can start listing things off. Hopefully, he overcomes all those butts. But my <laughs> biggest thing is that I don't think I think every single fan out there wants Graham Mertz to play quarterback, but they also want him to be the quarterback that was cr- recruited, right? Right. That high four star, the setting the record for touchdowns in an all star high school all star game. That's why they all want him to play. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to play to that type of level, or fans are going to feel like. They've been let down. 
Well, that's or, their own. That's their own Graham, fault. Or Graham Mertz didn't reach their expectations. Well, here's my thing. Of course, I want to see that too. I want to see a guy that can come in and look like the second coming of Russell Wilson in a Badgers uniform, sling it all over the field, throw Sounds it awesome. sixty yard touchdown Sounds passes. Awesome. Of Does. course, you want that. But here's the other thing: he's got to earn that spot. And with Jack Cohn going out now, obviously it forced him in there, but. He still has to earn the spot just because he did that in high school in Kansas. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're just doesn't give, mean he can it. walk right into Wisconsin and take <laughs> the starting spot for a guy that had been in the program for three years. So right. Jack Cohen started all 14 games, 2,727 yards, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a passer efficiency rating of 151.8. Fourth best in school history. That's Jack Cohen. Here's Graham Mertz stats last year. Nine of 10 for 73 yards. And no, that's not bad. He, I mean, he was he looked and that's good. called passer efficiency rating right there, baby. Nine of ten for seventy three yards. He looked solid in the time he was given, but he just didn't play very much because Jack Cohn was better than him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, we also have to take into account that nine for ten for seventy three yards or whatever it was also was in mop up duty at the uh, end of the terrible games when they're playing like Central Michigan when they're playing the you know. Sisters of the Poor. So it's kind of, <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit on the nine for 10. Nine yeah. for 10, 73 yards. Graham Mertz. It's not, it's not like he was doing that against Michigan. Jack Cohn, 2,727 yards, 18 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Starting all 14 games with a passer efficiency rating of 151.8. That's up there with Russell Wilson, Scott Tolzien, and Daryl Bevel. Graham mm-hmm. Mertz, though, is probably. Is Graham Mertz the most hyped thing Wisconsin has had since? Since what? Brian Butch. <laughs> what about just for football? Danny O'Brien. <laughs> Danny O'Brien. He was hey. He was hyped. He was hyped. He had a lot of hype behind him because he was the he was the quarterback transfer right after. Russell Wilson was the quarterback transfer and was phenomenal for one year. I mean, <laughs> then everyone thought he was going to be the next Russell Wilson. That fell fat, for, flat quickly. Well, let's see. Let's try to compare him to an actual recruited player <laughs> rather than a transfer. Um, for a guy who didn't play at all, I mean, besides a handful of times, I feel like Graham Mertz was the second most talked about guy on that football program besides Jonathan Taylor. In yep. my in my mind, I think he's the biggest recruiting name that I've ever really heard of. Or the hype was so big for yeah. probably the biggest when it, in my mind. Yeah, I think yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you could you can bring up basketball recruit names, but for football recruits, I mean, when, I've never heard so much clamoring for one guy. Of your top ever recruits are O line D line guys. Yeah, you, you're not getting too hyped for a lot of. Uh, position players that come into Wisconsin. Most of them end up being like, oh, well, this is a pleasant surprise. Like, you flip a guy from Rutgers to Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin. And he ends up becoming the best running back yep. in over three years. JT? Wisconsin has come a long way when it comes to recruiting in the past, you know, 10 to 20 years. I remember, was it uh, when Brett Bielema was the head coach, and they started pulling more three-star talent out of, like, Florida, mm-hmm. and everyone thought it was a huge deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, you know, fast forward another 10, 15 years, and it's Paul Chris that's bringing in these four-star guys, it seems like, effortless, effortlessly the last few seasons. Yep. But, yeah, just not too long ago, we were celebrating when they got a, a kid from, like, Florida or the South that was supposed to be, like, a three-star 
receiver. Oh, Rowdy, the Twitter poll right now, Graham Mertz is at 91.5% now. Who do you want to see under center? Nelson set the over-under at 92.5. I mean, here, here are some of your top overall ever recruits. Josh Oglesby, Logan Brown. All no, Nolan Rucci, <laughs> Antaj Hawthorne, Justin Ostrowski. Your top five are all offensive and defensive linemen. Travis Beckham at number six. John Clay, uh, Brett Bell, John Darius Clay is a good Jones, one. number 10, Graham. John Clay was a good one because he yep. was a high-ranked one, and he was from the state. Yep, four-star from the state. Are we just throwing Chase Wolf, saying no, no chance, no shot for Chase Wolf? Apparently not. I wouldn't say no chance, but you'd have to think that the upper hand obviously has to be Graham Mertz. Yes. He's the one that has gotten in. He got in early last season. He's the guy that was the four-star, highly touted recruit. Everyone's clamoring for him. Everyone wants to see Graham Mertz, myself included. I, just, I, I also, I also I want just, to see Graham Mertz. I just didn't want to see it happen this way. Now I remember, right. I remember our sports director, Zach Heilprin, last year saying that Chase Wolf was pretty even with Graham Mertz uh, through practice. Jack Cohn was just better, hence why he was the starter. Mm-hmm. And that Graham Mertz really didn't separate himself too much from the pack of Chase Wolf and Danny Vandenboom. Well, we'll have Zach Heilprin on again today at 9 o'clock. We'll kind of recap that. Big J's, the journalists, aren't allowed down there in COVID-19, obviously. Now, I would... I would be, but that was last though. year. That was last I would be year. really yeah. curious to see where they came in with those rankings and the percentages of them winning a national title if Graham Mertz was a forced the exact same four star profile, but say he went to like a we'll just say just for familiarity, went to an NC State, played one year and was really good, and then transferred to Wisconsin and was behind <laughs> Cone and Cone had an injury. I wonder if they would say, Whoa, actually Whoa. the the Badger ceiling with a Graham Mertz type arm is actually higher or what they would do with that percentage. Right. Because obviously sitting behind Cone last year, you didn't get to see him. You don't know if he progressed. You haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of just have to go off of what we heard. Uh, Yeah. Like, we didn't see him practice. and Not allowed. You know, outside of the reports of he doesn't know enough of the playbook yet um, to, in the practices we saw as the journalists— uh, Cone was out performing. Yeah. Um, yep. You have to go off of that, and yet people couldn't handle that information. Well, what do you um, mean? You don't know that. Well, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I saw it. All you do is look at the stars next to a kid's name and then assume. You can't really do that. And how um, criminally underrated is a lot of like just the stars, like the recruiting. If you look at the state of Wisconsin in general. Yeah, so many people are so criminally underrated. It's insane when right. it comes to just the recruiting stars. Plus, you have a kid get on campus here, and you take a guy, a two-star like uh, Jonathan Casillas was, and he becomes uh, all Big Ten and goes on to the NFL. You have a guy like He's Joe a Super Schobert, Bowl champion. Yeah, two-time. I think he was with the Patriots and the Giants when they won it. Um, How on the desk? You, you, that. you look at a guy like Joe Schobert, who wasn't really highly recruited outside of here. Um, it goes on to become an All-American, disrespected, called a system guy, and now is in his whatever year of being a yeah, starter and, and with his was, second team. Yeah, he was right up there in the top five, I think, the last couple seasons for te- most tackles in a mm-hmm. season. Him and Blake yeah, Martinez were tied for first. Yeah. And just signed one. for over $10 million a year. Yeah. yeah. He's doing pretty well but, for himself. I mean, so Wisconsin has a history of not paying attention to the stars. 
next to a kid's name. And not saying a four-star quarterback isn't a good thing to have. Okay, what was Bart Houston? Um, was he a three or a four? I think he was a four. I thought he was a four-star. Yeah. But I'd love me some Bart Houston. That was, also, that that was, no, also, that was also the Gary Anderson yeah. timeline. So that kind of doesn't out. count. Yeah. I also want to beg on Gary Anderson a little later today. I mean, anything in that period, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window because those were the Wisconsin dark years. He, Some people say it was he, the 70s and 80s. I don't know. For that little time Gary gap, years? it was pretty. Remember when Tanner McAvoy started over years. two guys who actually remember when, played quarterback well? I do. Remember when Tanner McAvoy was <laughs> okay, the quarterback and the uh, Joel Stave was given the yips? If the dark period was the 70s and 80s of Badger football, we'll call it the solar eclipse period. Just a very slight <laughs> darkness. The, but it was the Gary Anderson years. The daylight savings. <laughs> Gary Anderson did do one good thing, though. The defense. Yeah. I'll give him credit there, other than that, he was a plague. He brought in Dave Aranda and changed the defense to a base 3-4 rather than Wisconsin going to the Badger defense on third and long and always giving up long yardage to but other than that Gary Anderson was an you, idiot you hear of coaches that you idiot. know can get in in the heads of players Gary Anderson was so bad he got in the heads of two quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. he got in Bart Houston's head and, and Joel, Joel Stave's head. head oh and don't forget Jordan Love's head went from yeah and he all, screwed up Jordan went Love from all conference to looking like an absolute like a trash player granted well over not a half, bum but half of the offense was gone <laughs> Are you ready, all you fans out there in out there land? I say it's time again. Have mercy, let the congregation say, you know, Wolfman hey Jack man, Rowdy? it's time for the What's biggest, the baddest party in the world. So get on up, turn it up a notch, and get ready to boogie, baby. Turn it on and rip the knob off. <laughs> all right, dude, let's go. Yes! Is this the greatest football song ever? It's definitely the best one that they've ever put on television. No doubt. Is this the greatest football song ever? We're back. Hell yeah! Hank Williams Jr. Football! Yes. I'm ready, Hank. I'm ready, baby. Are you ready, ready? Yes, for the last time, yes. So make them like they used to, Nelly. For Monday night time. Hell yeah. All right, so you got it. Two games tonight. Two games, not one, two. Chiefs, Patriots, 605. Then Packers, Falcons, 750. Now, you brought up something that was pretty uh, interesting, Nelly. They canceled, or I sorry, they postponed the Chiefs Patriots game for essentially one player. Cam Newton, right? Cam Newton. What happened earlier in the season with uh, someone else who got tested? Yeah, there positive was a player on the Atlanta Falcons, I believe it was, that tested positive before the obviously the week leading up to the Falcons Bears game last week. Yep. 
They didn't cancel the game. No, no, they no. They didn't no. postpone the game. No. They didn't reschedule for a different time and no, date. No, 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 no. No. They played the game. They did. But it wasn't a ho- high profile name like Cam Newton. Now all of a sudden, they got to postpone the game, move it to Monday night, now shift the Packers' uh, start time, <laughs> and have people dude. screaming from the mountaintops that it's time to pause the NFL season. Yeah, that's not going to happen, by the way. Uh, Tennessee Titans getting more positive tests. Uh, I saw the Titans are possibly facing potentially major penalties as the NFL and NFLPA investigate the possible breaches of COVID-19 protocols. But, I mean, no one's – they're all asymptomatic. They're, like, Cam Newton's fine. So once you – Tennessee Titans are fine. Once So this is fine for right now, right, because the Steelers and the Titans haven't had their bye week. Yes. But what happens – once you start to get into the bye weeks. Okay, so you brought up the Chiefs have to play how many games and how many days? Yeah, the Chiefs now got moved back to Monday. So now, you know, taking into account today's game, or, or yeah, tonight's game, nice game, they now the next three, I guess it would be three games, starting next Sunday, or is it Sunday or Monday? I'd have to go look at their schedule again. However it comes out, they play nine games, or sorry, three games in a nine-day span. Three games in a nine-day span, and we're but it's all about, about the players', players safety. Safety, where you already see some of the players bitching about different fields and how they weren't ready. Yep, we already know that they were bitching about going into the season because when they had that lockout years ago, mm-hmm. when everyone came back without really the training camp, without really the same number of practices and preseason. They did play the same number of preseason games, but there was a lot of like nagging injuries yes there was a lot of acl tears there were a lot of bad hamstrings and groins and stuff like that yes now all of a sudden you're making the reigning super bowl champions have to play three games in nine days <laughs> oh it's 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 absurd uh, so it's professional football how many of these guys are going to be walking after Three games in nine days. All of this under the guise of player safety, right? And you have to wear your mask on the sideline, even though everyone's tested negative in the stadium. you got to wear your mask on the sideline. You can't do handshakes. You can't exchange jerseys. You can't – every water bottle's got to be single cup use. Uh, yeah, uh, coaches have to wear their masks on the sidelines too. All under the guise of player safety. But let's have the Chiefs play yeah. three games in nine days. So, so player the Chiefs, safety. The Chiefs play tonight. Then they play next Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, and then next Thursday at the Buffalo Bills. Player safety, Rowdy. So from October 5th through October 15th, they will play three games. Sounds very safe to me. If I'm an NFL player and you just look statistically at the numbers, I would rather (laughs) contract COVID-19 than probably tear up my knee. Yeah. It's it, you would literally be out. I mean, that's people probably shocked by that. But you play three games in nine days. What do they say? Playing an NFL game is like like getting a in a car wreck every play. Then you have to do that three times in nine days. Yes, or and, you can be asymptomatic. And we know that pretty, and have like a little sniffle. Pretty much every single player, professional athlete, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, Major League Soccer, and NFL. Pretty much every single one. The worst that it's been is like a a week to two week sickness. Well, I think the worst that it has been was uh, who I saw one baseball player said he had a fever for a day. Yeah, it was Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman had a fever. He had the super high fever, or else the major the overwhelming majority 
have had nothing asymptomatic. And Rudy Gobert lost his sense of smell for like three weeks. But if you tear your knee up or you have some some huge injury like that, that ends your career. Just think about CTE. You're playing you're playing three games in nine days. How do you think your brain is gonna feel after a week and two days? Probably like mush. But it's for player safety. But anyways, we're all about the gladiators in the arena. The I man just, in the I just arena. don't get what they're gonna do though once you get past once bye weeks start happening. Because bye weeks start, isn't it uh next week? Yeah, Packers yeah, that's when Packers. So bi- so bye weeks start officially next week. What happens when we'll just use for example the Packers have an outbreak in week 12. They already used up their bye. Yeah. They're playing said other team that all of a sudden they can't play. Well, they already had a bye. Yep. There's no there's no built-in extra week. I don't know what they're going to do. It's got to come to forfeits. Because you can't – what, are they going to play into March? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. It's like the Big Ten football – like Big Ten. Big Ten has no bye weeks. If you have a situation like what happened with the Tennessee Titans and you have to cancel a game, postpone a game, what is the Big Ten? I think what's you, college football going to do in the Big Ten? They have I think no bye weeks. I think you have to set the precedent right now. They have to be if, perfect. You, if you have so many COVID tests, you got to forfeit just because. I don't know what they're going to do. If you allow, we'll out, if, if you allow the Titans and the Steelers to play, well, obviously the Titans because they had all the outbreaks. Because they they have a, a bye, both teams still have their bye week. You just shift the bye weeks. Well, then that's not fair to all okay. the other teams, so you'd have to build in a new game. If you're the Chiefs, what would you rather do? Play three games in nine days or or suffer a forfeit one of those games? Man, it would probably... How do you, how do you play three NFL games in nine days? Depending on where you were in the standings, you might consider it, but I think you'd have to go with playing the... The three games in nine days. How do you? How does your body even? How? Remember when um, the a lot Big of guys, Ten, a lot of guys in the two deep getting playing time. Remember when the Big Ten was talking about starting up in January and then having a season again like normal, from January then they start again in the fall, and it was uh, I forget the Wisconsin Badger that tweeted it out. He goes, "Our bodies aren't meant to do that," and that was with that was with months off of recovery. A couple months off. This is three games in nine days. Whatever, though. Hey, we're here all about the gladiators in the arena. I'm. I'm I'll watch. I'm. What am I not going to watch? I'll watch those three games in nine days. Who am I? I would watch. Would you watch? It's not like. I'm, what am I going to do? I'm not going to go protest and put a sign up in front of Goodell's office to say how how unfortunate and unfair this is for those players. At the end of the day. Sorry, I don't care. I just want to see football. Oh, yeah, we're going to watch. I'm going to watch. Here's the thing. The players are going to play. Yeah, I'm going to watch. Whatever. Fine. But you, but you throw in the one COVID positive test, and then the whole world's on fire. Yeah. Crazy. All right, so oh, here we go. I'm looking at, uh, real quick before we dive into the Packers, I have the Twitter pull up at Zone Madison. Who do you want to see under center for the Wisconsin Badgers with Jack Cohn going down? Do you want Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom, or Daniel Wright? Nelly set the over-under of Graham Mertz winning this poll at 92.5. Nelson, Graham Mertz now sits at 92.9%. And we were joking around that who's going to vote for Daniel Wright? And then I said, well, it's going to be his family members. I kid you not. In our Twitter time, in my mentions right now, someone tagged Jay Wright I do believe this is a family member of Daniel Wright. It's not the Villanova coach? No, it's not. 
It's not the, it's not the Villanova coach. No, it is a family member. It's Jay Wright. I got to assume related to Daniel Wright. So there we go. We're going to get some family members in. All right. So tonight, though, 750, your Green Bay Packers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. For the Atlanta Falcons, there's some injuries. For the Green Bay Packers, there's nine questionable right now. Two out, one doubtful. The two out are Kirksey and uh, Alan Lazard. The doubtful is Mercedes Lewis. The nine that are doubtful, or I'm sorry, questionable, is Devontae Adams, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsley, Tyler Irvin, Josiah DeGuara, Rashawn Gary, Nelly's guy, and J.K. Scott, the punter. When you look at the injury report for the Falcons, there are some big names on there, like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Well, boys, they are a go. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I see it right now from Ian Rappaport, will be playing tonight against the Green Bay Packers. So far, no word on Devontae Adams if he'll be playing or not. Uh, Jair Alexander, uh, Zydarius Smith, et cetera, et cetera. With Kelvin Ridley and Julio Jones now getting the green light, Nelly, and that over-under sitting at 56-and-a-half, um, what if Jair Alexander doesn't play? Do you think there's going to be just – is this a shootout going to be happening in Titletown? I think no matter what, whether Julio Jones and Kelvin Ridley played – or on the other side, if you don't have Jair Alexander play, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. With, with or without them, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But but with them healthy, probably an extra touchdown in there. Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones is insane. You know, Ridley's pretty not bad either, obviously. So looking at the Packers, who is the guy? Who is the biggest name on the injury report that's but questionable? That, that At the same time, it's not like the Packers have – Ladarius Gunter on on backup. No, they yeah. have respectable secondary have players now. They have a respectable they, they, defense. They have much better roster when it comes to the back end of the defense than what they were in that NFC Championship game. Yeah, points allowed per game. The Falcons, the Falcons give up thirty six points a game. The Packers twenty eight point three. Scoring per game, Packers score forty point seven points a game. That's insane. The Falcons thirty. I mean, right there, I mean, the Falcons score 30 points a game but give up 36 points a game. The Packers score almost 41 points a game, only give up 28 points a game. Yeah, we were wondering how long do you think the Packers could keep this uh, this season average of scoring over 40 points a game? How long can they keep that going? Well, they have a pretty good shot at keeping that going against the Falcons tonight. My God, do they ever. The Falcons' defense, That's uh, if you look up Siv, you'll see a picture of that defensive unit. Looking at the Falcons, they gave up 30 points to the Chicago Bears. If you remember that, the Bears came back. That's when uh, Big Nick came in, threw three touchdowns in four and a half minutes, and beat the Falcons 30-26. to And and if people didn't watch that game, Mitch Trubisky obviously started for the Bears. Here's the thing. He had open receivers down the field that he just flat out was missing. So Nick Foles coming in, it's not like he had this miraculous comeback. He just happened to be able to hit the open receivers where Mitch Trubisky couldn't hit them. Yeah, Trubisky stinks. And then if you watch the Bears yesterday, Foles stinks. Then the Falcons gave up 40 points to the Cowboys. We all saw that, the insane, miraculous comeback by them boys, 40-39 to over the Falcons. And then the Falcons gave up 38 points to the Seahawks week one. I'm, the Packers are going to be getting in the 30s. I would even say possible low 40s. What, well, even, I think at even this if, point, even without Devontae I think Adams. at this point for – yeah, obviously only being, you know, three weeks, three to four weeks 
into the season. Mm-hmm. You look at the teams that they've given up a ton of points to, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Packers' offense is just as good as those two teams' offenses. Yeah, they're right and, there with them. And I would be willing to argue – Packers, Packers defense, defense isn't is be- great, but it's better than the Cowboys mm-hmm. and it's better than the Seahawks. Significantly better than the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean they're probably on par, probably close. I would my say God. the Packers D's better than the Seahawks. Give them the edge. The, the Cowboys, no doubt. The Cowboys defense is now, absolutely now atrocious. Now the Bears, they obviously they always seem to have a solid defense, but they always have the terrible offense. They still gave up a lot of points to the Bears. Yeah. So looking at the Packers, and a lot of points late. Yeah. Do you think? Out of all these names, nine questionable. Devontae Adams, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsley, Tyler Irvin, and then Josiah DeGora, Rashawn Gary, J.K. Scott. Who's the biggest name on here if they don't play will be the biggest <gasps> e-ikes kind of thing? Can you read that list again? Devontae Adams, he's got a hamstring injury. Zadarius Smith, an ankle injury. Jair Alexander, a hand and knee injury. <laughs> Kenny Clark's got that groin. Corey Lindsley got a groin injury. Tyler Irvin, a wrist Gora ankle, your buddy Rashawn Gary an ankle, and J.K. Scott had an illness. I'm going to go with Zadarius Smith just because it seems like they have a little bit of a cluster cluster injury there. If Zadarius Smith doesn't go, that's a cap, one of the captains on your defense. And then to the to the other side of that is Rashawn Gary's got a bad ankle. Yeah, the, de- so, the depth's so, in so question. So your depth, is there's a little cluster injury there where, you know what, Rashawn Gary's played – decently well in some plays this season. Yes. You would have gotten to see a full game from him if Darius Smith didn't go, yeah. but now he might not go either. I would love so to now, see a full game from Gary. If all of a sudden both of them are down, that's that's a that's tough now, now a position of probably weakness just because Preston Smith, he's on one side, but who, who are you going to have Phil over on the other side? I mean, Jair Alexander, we just talked about it. He's a great player. But the Packers are so much better depth-wise than where they were at just a few years ago in that championship game. Yeah, then go inside linebacker and Christian Kirksey's done for a couple of weeks. And that hurts, That too. hurts. I but, mean, your, your inside linebackers are questionable, too. And the inside linebacker hasn't been a strong position in Green Bay. Ty Summers stepped in pretty good. and it, But it hasn't been a strong position in Green Bay for a while now. Yeah. Like, we knew that Blake Martinez was good against the run when they weren't running super wide and he didn't have to run sideline to sideline. But other than that... Inside middle linebackers been a weak point for the Packers. No, Lindsley, we've seen the line juggling pretty much since week one. And Maybe they, they, they haven't moved. missed a beat. Yeah, Patrick can play center. What's Roger Elkin been Jenkins can play center. Roger been sacked two times this year. So I feel like they'll be able to patch that, patch that offensive line again together. Yeah, we've receiver. Seen that. We've seen Devonte Adams out multiple times. They've the last done just two years. fine. But then they you throw in, together. Then you throw in Alan Lazard's out now though too. I just think that means Aaron Jones is going to eat more. Same. And then also you have Tyler Irvin out, so you have your your running backs are going to be what? Aaron Jones, obviously, Jamal Williams. Are we going to see a little more A.J. Dillon tonight? You might see a little more Dillon. You might see a little more uh, Williams. Because Will- remember last like Jamal, year. Jamal Williams, is when he gets his time, he's good. Yeah, they used him in the slot a little bit last year at, yeah. in certain games. They also obviously were running him behind Jones. So you might see a lot more Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in different facets of the game, cool. and then sounds good to Dylan me. gets a few more carries than normal. I, sounds good to I me. I mean, that would be my best guess. Yeah, up the middle though on the defense for the Packers, if Kenny Clark doesn't go, look at you have no Kenny Clark possibly, you have no Christian Kirksey, you have no potentially no Zadarius Smith or Rashawn Gary. I mean, they're questionable. I'm sure they'll play, but they're limited. 
the, are the is the rushing attack for the Falcons just going to eat tonight, starting at seven fifty? You would think so, but then you also have to remember who their running back is. Todd Gurley. Yeah, that knee is not right. He's he's looked a lot better than he has. I can't believe that they gave him that big contract though. Especially when they had the rumors of that he's got an arthritic knee. Total rushing yards for the Falcons, 109.7 a game. The Packers are 171.7. Passing like sure, yards, though, the Falcons are 320 a game, and the, the Packers are 295. If Kenny Clark is out, I'm sure the, the Falcons are going to run the football a little bit, but we're gonna, it's going to be the same defense that we've seen so far this year. Bend but don't break. Yeah. Get the turnovers. Yeah. Big time stops when needed. Yep. And then let the offense score forty plus against the terrible Falcons defense. So then rushing yards allowed, the Falcons are one thirteen, while the Packers are one fifteen. So that's pretty much a wash. Uh, passing yards allowed, I think Aaron Rodgers, even with you know, no Lazard and no Devontae Adams if he doesn't go. I think Devontae's gonna play though. Passing yards allowed for the Falcons. It's like three fifty. Three sixty two. Point seven. My yeah, it's brutal. God. And the look Packers at what Aaron are 263. Rogers is Aaron Rodgers is, is averaging over 300. Aaron Rodgers is eating, dude. It's crazy. All right, we'll keep talking about Monday Night Football. The matchup unfolding in front of our eyes as we have confirmation that, yes, indeed, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley will play for the Dirty Birds. All right, the Packers win if blank has a big game. Fill in the blank. The Packers win if blank has a big game. Now, there's going to be no Alan Lazard. Devontae Adams is questionable with that hamstring injury. Could this be the breakout party for Marquez, Valdez, Scantling? Both starting safeties for the Falcons. Uh, Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen have not practiced. They're, uh, you know, battling some nagging injuries. Cornerback uh, Dequez Denard was put on IR this week. And their first-round pick, A.J. Taylor, is on the COVID-19 reserve list. And their cornerback, Isaiah Oliver, hasn't looked too great to start the season. And the Falcons are the worst scoring defense in football. They've allowed the second-most passing yards and passing touchdowns in the NFL entering Week 4. Could Marquez Valdez-Scantling get out there and eat, Rowdy? He is now, if Devontae doesn't go. That's who you're going with, If Valdez-Scantling? If Devontae Adams doesn't play. I mean, I would go Aaron Jones, but if Devontae Adams, that's an easy answer, though. If Devontae Adams doesn't play, Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't here number one? Well, for the, for the sake of the conversation, we'll say that Devontae Adams is out. Sure. I'm going to go with who needs to have a big game, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> Just because he's the guy that's dialing up the play calls. He's the guy that's... He's uh, suiting up. He's the guy that uh, has been able to distri- distribute the ball to... Many different players when guys like Devontae Adams have been out. Now, obviously, that would be Adams and Lazard for this conversation would be out. He would have to, in my opinion, have the quote-unquote good game calling the offensive plays just because he's going to have to distribute the football. He's going to have to come up with some different looks and some different schemes to uh, get these guys the ball and get players open. All right, so how about a guy who suits up with a I, – I agree with you. I mean, obviously, you need your head coach to be operating on a, on a high level, and Matt LaFleur is doing definitely that. He's only lost three times in the last – what, last season and now into this year he hasn't lost once. So Matt LaFleur is balling on him. When it comes to on the field, though, we know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it for you? Aaron Jones, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, is it a big production from a tight end? Yeah, as we have now, Mercedes Lewis is doubtful. Is it – 
You eliminated my top two guys. <laughs> You're killing me when I can't go with Lafleur or Rogers. Well, Lafleur doesn't put the put the helmet on, Rowdy. When it comes to, and we know Aaron Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, going on a little bit of a limb. That's why I'm going Marquez Valdez Scantling. I would have to go with Aaron Jones then, just because they found a lot of different ways to get him the football when other guys have been out, like Devontae Adams, when they've had uh, big time injuries. They found ways to use Aaron Jones in different facets of the game, whether that be in the slot, whether that be in motion, whether that be at running back, just getting him a lot of different touches in a lot of different areas through a lot of different scheme and play calling, getting Aaron Jones the football. Yeah, and he's good as, he's he's a, great as a receiver. Oh, he's yeah. a playmaker. He's not and, a running back. He's a playmaker. And again, not to worry anyone, but in our conversation, Devontae Adams is out, and obviously you have Lazard who's out for the year. Yep. You got to you don't I'm sorry but Jay Sternberger There's we don't apologize in 2020. Mercedes Lewis. No sorries, no apologizing. And, and Bob Tanyan. And Bob Tanyan's been the best of those three. You don't consider them playmakers. Valdez No, not really. Valdez Scantling, you you know, we'd all say he's got the speed, but He's you, got the potential to be a playmaker. He's got the potential to be a playmaker. Uh Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard. I mean, those guys don't Really, they're not. They're not really tripping they don't, my trigger. They don't scream playmaker. No, but, but then at running back you have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon's had some carries. Uh, Tyler Irving's also expected to be out. Aaron Jones is the one clear cut name that you have playmaker written all over him. So you got to get that guy the football, and you got to find different ways yeah. to get him that. Football. Well, how about on the flip side? What if we're looking at it all wrong? I mean, yes, the offense needs to have playmakers on there and people step it up in a big way. But what about on the defensive side of the ball? Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, uh, Matty Ice—they're no schleps. Todd Gurley, yeah, he's got some knee issues, but he's having a decent season for himself. Who on the defense needs to step up? Zadarius Smith is listed as questionable. I think he's playing. Rashawn Gary questionable. Kenny Clark questionable. Who is a guy, uh, there's no Christian Kirksey in the middle, who is a guy, Jair Alexander, also questionable, who is a guy that needs to step up to have a good game? I'm going to go with Preston Smith. Preston, yeah. He's the other Smith brother. You talked about how Zadarius Smith is dinged up. He's questionable. Rashawn Gary's got a bad ankle. Two guys that you're not 100% if they're playing yet. Preston Smith is the healthy one of the bunch. And it's my belief when you build a defense that you should build it from the front back. Start with the, yep. So if Agreed. you can get pressure with Preston Smith, that's going to alleviate the fact that you don't have potentially a Jair Alexander. You might be a little dinged up on the back end. The uh, middle linebacker position, in my opinion, has been weak for a while where you haven't had a guy that can play coverage and the run at the same time. Yeah. So I think it starts with Preston Smith. He's the healthy guy. They brought him in for big-time money last year. He's the guy that's got to step up for me, especially if any of those guys are out. There's something that's – the one thing that concerns me is obviously the Packers' rush defense. If Kenny Clark's not a go and then you got Zadaria Smith who's questionable and Rashawn Gary who's questionable, then in the middle you have, you know, what was it going to be, Ty Summers and uh, who's opposite of him in the inside linebacking core right now? I'm trying to keep up the injuries. Well, Kamal Martin's still out? Yep, he's out. Obviously Kirksey's out? Yep. The only guy that I can honestly come up with that's a name behind Summers is Curtis Bolton, who's still coming off that ACL injury last year. I don't even know if he's healthy, to be honest. So inside linebackers, I mean, starting up front on the line is already in question with Kenny Clark. 
I don't know if he's going to play or not. He's suffering that groin injury. I think it was close last week, so we'll see what happens. But the rush defense is a, an Achilles heel. I mean, I know it hasn't cost the Packers a victory yet, but it is an Achilles heel. And what's the best way to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands? Is the Falcons control the clock by running the football with a guy like Todd Gurley? Todd Gurley has averaged 177 total yards in two career games against the Packers, but he is definitely not the same kind of dynamic player he was with the Rams that he is with the Falcons. So if you want to limit Aaron Rodgers and what he can, the damage he can do, then you run the ball through the Atlanta Falcons against a suspect defense, rush defense, in the Green Bay Packers who could be without some big names. That's the part that concerns me. Man, I'm just not scared of Todd Gurley Neither after am I, what but you've seen. I, Brian Hill's actually been taking, taking a decent amount of carries. Not that he's getting a ton because it, the Falcons have been throwing the football so well, and Matt Ryan has been putting up big numbers throwing the football. Oh, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Brian Hill's been taking some carries from uh, Todd Gurley. We obviously saw last, what was that, two years ago in the Super Bowl with the Rams where um, – Former running back for the Broncos that they signed super late that was stealing all the carries. Why? I cannot think of his name right now. A little chubbier guy. Oh, yeah. What the hell's his name? But he was taking carries from Todd Gurley in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. You know Who that, that? You know that knee is bad. I mean, Gurley's looked better so far this season, but I mean, yes, more will be revealed on this. But the Packers, the Packers' defense of stopping the rush is the biggest question marks. Uh, no heart. Nelson says Oren Oren Burks will be the savior. C.J. Anderson. Oh yeah, that's C. J. the name. C.J. When C.J. Anderson is stealing, is signed late and stealing carries from you in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, How and you're supposed did... to be the All Pro running back, Todd Gurley. You know that knee's bad. How many carries did Gurley end up getting at the end? Did he get like three in one game? And he was he was hardly like touching out. it. Yeah, he's touching it more now for the Falcons. And then. The fact that they gave him that huge contract, yikes on the Rams. Oh, whatever. I mean, it's not our money. If they want to just blow it, then good for them. Whatever. Okay, so, yeah, looking at the inside linebackers, um, it's going to be 608-321-1670, by the way. You're going to have Chris Barnes, Ty Summers, little Orrin Burks thrown in there. Packers sit supreme on top of the NFC North at 3-0. and as yesterday, you saw the Chicago Bears with their new quarterback, Big Nick Foles, take a big L to the Colts. Rowdy, looking around the NFC North, the Lions lined. They were up 14-0 right away in the Saints. They blew it. You had the Vikings actually get a win over the Texans. That game was one of the most boringest games of football I've ever watched. In fact, it was so boring, Nelly took a nap during it. Is that yeah. the one that – oops, sorry. Yeah, I passed out for a large chunk of that game. I was watching it, and do you have a team? Like, let's say you sit down. There's nothing better than NFL Sundays. Do you have a team right now, or a team through your analogs of you know watching football, where every time you watch or turn their game on, you're like, God, I'm always in for just a boring, boring game. Honestly, I would say the Bears. For me, it's always the Texans. <laughs> it's always every time I put the Texans on, if they're on. It's always just boring. But, yeah, the Bears. The Bears just because it's such – you know they're going to have a good defense, so the game will most of the time be close. But you know the quarterbacking is going to be so bad that it just hurts to watch. Yes. Like that – by the way, Nick Foles did not play well. But you know who else didn't play well in that game? The other quarterback? 
Yeah. Phillip Rivers Phillip didn't Rivers? really do a ton either. He looks stinky. Neither team neither team could cross the end zone They're and score bad. touchdowns. It was like a field goal fest. I, yeah. In fact, now that I think about it, almost every time I watch Phillip Rivers play. Ah, he was good back in the day. He's just old. It's just, yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, no. Oh, Judas. God bless America. Breaking news. Unbelievable. Coming from Twitter, from the man himself, at Tay15Adams, Devontae Adams tweets out four minutes ago, Sorry, fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, boys. Hey. Devontae Adams will not be playing. Remember when uh, LaFleur and the uh, training staff said, the bye week will not impact whether we have Devontae Adams play or not? They were right. I think it just impacted it. I think because they gave him – the extra week to get ready because he was talking about he was two gonna weeks go back ago in the game he was the going Lions. to go back in but the Packers were up handedly he said he felt like he probably could have played last weekend but the Packers were undefeated and then they took care of business against the Saints yeah he just comes out with his tweet here says you know what I guess other people know my body better than me I feel great is that a but backhand the, yes. but the buy meant nothing you wanted to give him three weeks to make sure that hamstring was 100 percent health 100 percent healthy i understand i get it but don't come out and try and say oh it's not going to impact our decision whether he plays or not this is a total shot at the packers i don't know if it's a shot or not but it's a total like hey this is not my decision sorry fans and friends i won't be on the field tonight i've done everything i need to do and proved i'm and proved i'm ready but i guess i don't know my body as well as others Good that's, luck out there, my boys. That's exactly the Packers, their training staff in LaFleur saying, get 100% healthy. We're 3-0 right now. We're playing a terrible defense. We'll see you after the bye. Well, I got some bad news. I hope my brother Thor Sanity is listening. He, real quick, and I quote yesterday, Odell Beckham Jr. has been turds for me all year. I'm starting Devontae Adams tonight instead. Odell Beckham Jr. goes off. And now, and then Devonte Adams will not be. So playing. I showed you that one league where I have Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams. Yeah, both who have been out for much of the season. Yeah. Thankfully, I just said, you know what? I have to, I have no faith that either of these guys are going to play. Thankfully, Shepherd? I didn't play them. Did you pick up Shepard? I actually have some good receivers, but uh, I would like to have Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams. Right. All right. Well, there you go. No Devonte Adams. I'm in predicting. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be the guy to go off besides Aaron Jones. Give me Aaron Jones as well. Heavy dose of that. All right, Zach Halpern joining us right now. <laughs> Zach, the reason why I brought you in, not because of Megadeth and their insanely amazing prowess, it was going to be about the Wisconsin Badgers. It was going to be? Well, now we have more news about Devontae Adams. So it's going to be yeah. Wisconsin Badgers and the Green Bay Packers. Let's start with the Packers. No Devontae Adams tonight. And he does not sound pleased about it. No, he really doesn't. He said, uh, I have a tweet right here, sorry fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready. But I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. Yeah, that's surprising coming from him. Like, I would have never – I mean, that's a direct shot at the Packers medical staff and saying that he he thinks he's ready to go and they don't think he's ready to go and uh, he disagrees with them. And wants to play. Now, yeah. I think it's awesome that he wants to play. I think it's that I don't think that was ever in doubt 
to come out and say something like this, it's a little bit surprising. He's not normally that type of guy. Yeah. Uh, Dr. McKenzie, though, you know, the, the lead doctor for the Packers medical staff, and I'm not talking politics, he is one of the most, if not the most conservative doctor in the NFL, correct? He, he is. They, the Packers doctors have been among the, the most, uh, yes, the most conservative. I don't necessarily think this is strictly his decision. They have a bunch of doctors up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that hamstrings can stick around. Right, they those kind of injuries stick with you, and they have the buy next week, and so I think they're just shelving them just for that buy, and then like, hey, I, make sure everything's one hundred and ten percent. I th- I just think maybe one of those doctors up there in Green Bay might be moonlighting in one of my fantasy leagues. Oh yeah, do you have Devonte Adams in some of your leagues and Michael Thomas? That's t- that's a tough break for you. Yeah. Now, you don't have Michael Thomas in in the zone league though, not the zone league. I mean the, different uh, the, different the, uh, Midwest, Midwest Family yeah. League. Yeah, different one. Yeah, different one. The one one where you're not. All right. Well, no one cares about Fantas- anyone. Does anyone that. care about anyone else's fantasy team? I don't. I care about yours. Well, I don't care about yours. I don't care about Rowdy's. So there's that. But at actual on the field stuff, who wins? Packers win tonight if fill in the blank has a big game. No Alan Lazard. It's no Devonte M- Adams. It's got to be MVS, doesn't it? That's what I said. Mark Lesvel this game. I mean, we've seen Devonte have a big game. We've seen Alan Lazard have a big game. MVS had you know uh, a nice outing against uh, you know in the first two weeks. Kind of was. MIA last week, they they kind of shut him down on any of those deep routes, but he's gonna have to he's gonna have to step up. I think it's the tight ends too. I think Bob Tanyan, I think Jay Sternberger, those guys could have a big day. Sounds like Mercedes Lewis is not going to play, so he's doubtful, right? Right, big dog. Yeah. Uh, if Josiah DeGore, I think now you're kind of like Josiah DeGore, you need you kind of need to play. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, I mean it's they they don't have. I mean, is this the fewest weapons Rodgers has ever had for? A single I've never game? felt like the. Here's the thing though, the cupboards feel so bare. For the Packers, yet here they are setting records in the NFL and they're undefeated. Right. And I don't think, I feel like they're not going to miss a beat. I think they're going to miss a little bit of a beat today. I mean, you don't you don't take out the two top wide receivers and, you know, your your top blocking tight end. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the, what the rest of that offensive line looks like. I mean, it's, not the offensive line, no. See what the rest of the weapons look like, whether those tight ends play. Well, let's go back to last year when Devontae Adams was out for four games. I mean, Alan Lazard stepped up a handful. A couple of times, Lazard stepped up. It was mostly just Aaron Jones, but yeah. there was there was Lazard. I think there was a couple of opportune catches from Mark Lazard, the Scantling. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, what was there? They won. They won despite De- Devontae being out. They were four and zero. I don't necessarily think that they. What was the one game they put up a ton of points? Uh, it was. But uh, I guess they didn't really was, have many injuries though last year. They just had Devontae. Right, but like the Oakland game, I think is the is the lone game you could point to and say you know that without. Devonte is the one game where they put up a bunch of points. Yeah, like, last year they weren't lighting the. Did he? World did he play fire. against Kansas City? He did not. I don't think he did. Because I think those were the only two games that come to mind where that offense actually looked really good last and, year. And even that was. I mean, that was just big plays from Aaron Jones, right? Like Aaron, yeah. like the he needs to have, and you would imagine, like the Saints did, making sure that he does not beat them and somebody else has to beat him. And, yeah. and who can step up? Maybe maybe Tyler Irvin gets involved a little bit more this week than he has in the past, you know, first three weeks. Uh, the last time, let's see, on Twitch, Papa Pick says the 2015 Arizona playoff game is when I remember the last time the Packers he had, he had, had. James Jones, he had Jared Aberderis. He had a missing persons report of the Janus. hoodie. Jeff Janis, who needs to come back. 
immediately thanks for the retweet by the way retweet by the get, way get him out get him out of the auto make zone. the call yeah out of this tire shop uh what about on the flip side of the defense though for the green bay packers because uh, todd Gurley has looked better this year than he did last year i mean his knee seems to be a little better and the packers are missing a lot of beef when it comes to stopping the run and that's their achilles heel right i think kenny clark ends up playing tonight so you would you, you get kenny back but then who knows what's going on with Jair Alexander? He went down with a knee injury in practice, uh, showed up, I shouldn't say in practice, but he showed up on the injury report, did not practice on on Saturday. And so if he can't go and you're going to get Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley out there, I mean, it's going to be – the Packers are going to have to put up points because I don't think their defense can be able to slow Atlanta too well. Over-unders at, what, 56.5, Nelly? Yeah, 56.5. It stayed pretty steady, too. I'd, I'd take, take the, the over. over. I think everyone would take the over. over. Yeah. I think now we'll all watch the game and it'll be like twenty one to seventeen. Yeah. I, I that's how it always happens, isn't it? I would not be uh confident in the Packers being able to slow down Atlanta's offense. But the best thing about Atlanta is they get big leads and they give them up. So oh, yeah, it's it, incredible. You, you got that you got that going for you. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I mean let's I mean what? They're they sh- I mean they're 0 and three. They should, they should be probably be two and one. Yeah. Two and one. I mean, and you got like the, the what is the one and three cowboys should be 0 and four. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean it's. Well, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't think any defense is. There, I don't think there's going to be much defense in this game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. Oh, who would you rather have last second? I don't know if it comes down to the last second or a final drive. Aaron Rodgers or Matty Ice? Give me Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, every day. Yeah, every day, especially the way that the, the Falcons have played in the fourth quarter of games. Oh like, my gosh, and how horrible. just coaching Dan Quinn compared to Matt Lafleur. I mean, Matt Lafleur's lost three times since last year. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's and it's hard to be worse than Dan Quinn down the stretch, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, no. there aren't many guys that are worse than him down the stretch. Yeah, he's he's awful. Hasn't Give me Lafleur. Hasn't been great. All right, let's. Uh, speaking of injuries and whatnot, Oof. now we switch to something that's mm. 19 days away. Mm. That's the Wisconsin hosting the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Little revenge. That's just ask Nakia Watson. Little revenge on the brain of they deserve a butt whooping. One of the guys, though, that played in that game last year is not going to be there, not because he's the NFL like Jonathan Taylor. I'm talking about the quarterback, Jack Cohn, who is he out indefinitely? Is he out a few weeks? Like, it's a foot injury from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I don't know what it is. Does anyone know what it is yet? Well, he had surgery. He's having surgery on it. So. Oh, so he's having surgery? Yeah. So he's out for a while then. It depends. Like, if they put in, like, it's yeah, not an amputation, right? It is not. Okay. Because I heard out indefinitely. I'm like, they're not lopping the, the that thing, thing off. The thing is, he played they? with a foot injury pretty much all of last year from the Michigan game on. Yeah. So he was he was dinged up all last year, played through injuries. But yeah, he's going to be out for a while. No one really knows. Uh, we'll hear from Paul Christ later this morning. I'm sure he'll be very forthcoming and exactly how long uh, Jack Cohn will be and you, out. And you will we'll appreciate it. Yeah, we will appreciate it. Uh, He's put a lot of effort into it, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, you're gonna appreciate what Jack Cohn did, but we're very thankful that Graham Mertz has the opportunity to put in the effort. Well, and here's the thing: is Graham Mertz the guy? That's I got the Twitter poll out, and no, Nelson, but like it's like, who do you want to be the starting quarterback? That's why I'm glad you're in here. Versus who do you think's gonna be? Because this year our comrades up in Green Bay and then down at UW don't allow the big J's in anymore, right? Like you Correct. can't get in there. Correct. So thank you for that, comrades. Last year, you were able to see some practices, and I know it was a full season ago. So, Zach, when you were down there watching the likes of Jack Cohn, Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom, haven't seen Daniel Wright, no. but those other guys, what was it like watching them in practice before Jack Cohn was named the starter? Well, it was clear that Jack was going to be the starter. That was That was pretty clear throughout, but it wasn't like it was a huge, huge gulf. Like, it wasn't... 
he wasn't. It wasn't like Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf were, were playing horribly. They they both had their moments. I think the the um, the thing that kind of tips you off though is in talking to those guys at the Rose Bowl. There was times during the season, you know, when Jack was dinged up, where he wasn't practicing a whole bunch, and Graham Mertz was leading the first team offense. Yeah, they were they were getting him ready to play, getting him ready to start. I believe leading into the Iowa game was the week in which he was getting ready to start. Now you guys, we've all seen them since. August, right? We saw him in October. Uh, Chase Wolf got one pass. I think he threw one pass in his uh, in his three appearances. Graham Mertz got a few more. Through it was nine to ten for seventy three yards. Yep. I'd be very very surprised if it wasn't Graham Mertz. But again, we haven't seen them since last August. Yeah. So in that Twitter poll, and thanks for retweeting that, by the way. It says, "Who do you want to see under center for Wisconsin?" And the options are Graham Mertz, Chase Wolf, Danny Vandenboom, and the the true freshman Daniel Wright. Six foot eight, Daniel Wright. Nelson set the over under of what Graham Mertz would win at in this percentage, and you did it at what? Ninety two and a half. Ninety two and a half. Right now it's at ninety point four percent. I'm kind of surprised. Now we have a little push happening here for Daniel Wright. Yeah. Daniel Wright has now moved into third place. Yeah. But we think his family might have caught wind of the poll. Jay Wright just retweeted our poll. Oh boy. I think that's his dad. Okay. And he says, yes, I voted. Not the Villanova coach. No, not the Villanova coach. Jay Wright right here. He says, yes, I voted, and my vote might have been a little biased. Yeah. I think it's his dad voting, and he's like... So now he's he's pushing in for the backup, then. He's pushing to be the backup? Jay Wright's got 1,270 Twitter followers out of Sioux City, Iowa. I think we're ready. Okay. Danny Wright is from Iowa, correct? If you say so. Yeah, Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. Okay. Danny Wright's never going to be seeing the field today. No offense, Jay, if you're listening. I'm sure he is. Seeing the field today? Or uh, the season. Yeah, probably not. So maybe he'll do his best Brock Osweiler. I was thinking he's come in mid season. He's tall. Get 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 it all warmed up and then Jack Cohn comes in like Peyton Manning at the end. You have to you have to wonder like how how long it's gonna be until he moves to tight end, right? Like (laughs) that at six foot eight, just gonna be, you know. So okay, a lot of Badger fans. Always think the backup quarterback's the better option. Always. And sometimes they're right. I mean, look at Alex Hornibrook. I would rather, in hindsight, I would rather have Jack Cohn sooner than later than Alex Hornibrook. And mm-hmm. those wandering eyes of his. Yeah. Is Graham Mertz truly, after seeing the limits of you seen, you know, last year, is he truly better than Chase Wolf? I think he's better than Chase Wolf. Yeah, yeah, I I do, and I think the coaches do. And we saw again, as I said, they're getting him ready to play last year when Jack was was dinged up. So, I think, uh, yeah, I, is Graham Mertz? I have, has there to, ever I have been, to think it's Graham Mertz. Has but, there ever been more hype surrounding a recruit than Graham Mertz? Never at Wisconsin. Yeah, never. Is it, has, he, it has not happened. Is and he's the anointed chosen one now. He is the anointed chosen one. He's the highest rated recruit uh, quarterback recruit they've ever gotten. He's a top twenty recruit ever at Wisconsin. And you know Wisconsin doesn't get those type of guys, and since and really since his commitment and his decision to come here, the recruiting overall has taken even a, a further step up. So he's he's drawn that he's drawn that type of uh, attention as well. It's been it's been nothing but great, but it's all on paper at this point. Yeah, right? we don't we don't know you. we don't know until he steps on the field October twenty fourth, and, and we get to see it. Jack Cohn for every you know obviously everyone has their opinions about Jack Cohn, and, and not everyone was a huge fan of him. But his season, his pass efficiency rating was the fourth best in Wisconsin history. The only ones to do it better, Russell Wilson, Scott Tolzien, and Daryl Bevel. 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, close to 2,800 yards. Like, so we're just all, He had a very those... good season. Here's the thing, though. He did it with the, 
the best running back ever. The be, one of the best running backs in Wisconsin history, and one of the best wide receivers in Wisconsin history. Are we in, just in okay? What does, and I think Quintez is to, as good as Jonathan Taylor is, and maybe this is a hot take. Quintez Cephas is a bigger loss for Wisconsin than Jonathan Taylor. All right, I know Rowdy is something on the tip of his tongue, but when it comes to passer efficiency, Jack Cohen fourth best of all time. Are we just throwing out the Graham Mertz nine of ten for seventy three yards? We are. That's and actually, and actually, that's that, very efficient. That rating lower than Jack Cohen's oh, season. Damn, really? No kidding. Well, yeah. I was just going to point out that all four of those quarterbacks <laughs> in the top four. We're Rose Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah so now are. we know what it takes to go play in a Rose Bowl. Only one, of, only one of them won it, but yeah. We, we, don't, don't, we don't talk about all that. the details. We, <laughs> we just like that. some of them. <laughs> Facts, only so far. Uh-oh. Uh, Devontae Adams now deleted his tweet. Man, that's not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. Unfortunately for him, uh, everybody screenshotted it. Yeah, and, and, and we and, talked about it many times. Yeah. Uh, when you do something like that, you, you gotta stand by it because deleting it only makes you look like a coward because you deleted coward. it. And everyone, especially if you're, makes a, you're, a, you're a high profile player, everyone's gonna be screenshotting it. I mean, why post it if you're not gonna hold exactly. it? Exactly. I don't I'm think sure, it makes him a coward, but he, yeah. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm sure the pack LaFleur's like, yo, dude, delete that I'm, now. I'm sure that he was pissed. Like, yeah, right? obviously I'm, I'm he was sure, pissed. Pissed, pissed when they told him you're not even going to play. Like you're not even going to get to warm up. Last week he got to warm up before they they, uh, yeah. they sat him down. Well, like, he was going to come back into the game against the Lions, right? And the floor's like, ah, we don't need you. We're already blowing him out. So I mean, if he was that close last week, and then to practice, you know, he was limited all week. That you know, but I. Yeah. All right. So what's the uh, back to task on hand here, Wisconsin Badgers? I, I'm. Very well, can confident saying Graham Mertz is going to be the starter. I think everyone can see the writing on the wall there, bearing some miraculous battle that Chase Wolf puts on or Danny Vanden Boom just sounds like a cool quarterback name though. Vanden Boom. Here's the other thing: who the hell knows who is actually going to be available for the game, right? Because right? we, we got COVID. Right. We have no idea who will actually be. So if someone gets sick now and the uh, the contact tracing and everything like it, like it could put you out. You know, it could put you out 10 days. Maybe it, Danny Wright could be trotting in. It's possible. Sorry, Daniel Wright. And, and that's why I think everyone, like, some of the people that are uh, applauding and clapping that Graham Mercy get his chance, I think you probably shouldn't do that when COVID could take a quarterback out like that's, that. That's what I hate is people celebrating that Jack Cohn got hurt. Like, right. And, well, and and there's people out there that are doing it. Jack Cohn has done nothing. Jack Cohn's been but exact, yeah, ex- be ex- He f- has fought through absolutely everything. A lot of things not going his way. And, like, before he was sitting behind Alex Hornibrick, never really got a shot. Then he gets a shot, and people don't really like what it looks like. They want, and then Graham Mertz comes in. Like he's never gotten the due well, that he probably deserves for the season that he had last year. And I'm, I'm probably guilty of it as well, saying that you know if there had been spring practice, if there had been a real fall yeah, camp, but Graham, you like Graham, Graham Mertz probably would have had a you shot. You like stirring the pot. You like, you like inciting the masses. But I actually think that that would have been the case. And well, that's probably I, not I said fair this to earlier Cohen. when we had RJ on. It was. I think if you're a Badger fan, everyone wants to see Graham Mertz because of the hype. No one wanted to see it because Jack Cohn's out indefinitely. You wanted to see him take that jump into the the fall practice now that they have and completely command the starting job and go out there and dominate, not getting it because of a foot injury. Stave got any eligibility left? Stave does not have any eligibility left. Damn it! Uh, no no eligibility left for Bart Houston. Um, what about O'Brien? Oh, yeah, he's... Uh, Danny O'Brien? Yeah. Nope. Uh, Alan Average? McAvoy is already in the NFL for a little cup of coffee. Tanner was as a wide receiver. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, what are you gonna do? When he, where's Gary Anderson? Need him to make a horrible, by the way, make a horrible quarterback. Decision? Is Gary Anderson not the biggest idiot over the weekend? As he says, no one's allowed to opt out. Isn't he the same guy that opted out of two teams? He did. 
He's an idiot. I mean, uh, Gary excuse Anderson, me, that's that's wrong. That's, hang, hang on. Zach, wrong. Zach didn't mean that. I, that was but, the I, but I mean it. Yeah. Gary Anderson is an idiot. All right, there. I yeah, he, he sometimes puts the foot in the mouth. I think we're all actually uh, guilty of that a lot, myself included. I've never but, done that. But, like, you know, uh, that was wrong. And then he tried to backtrack on it and, you know, say that's not what I was kind of talking about. I could have done it better. No, he could have just not talked about opting out and saying there's no opt-out for our guys. Like, that is going to come across horribly no matter what. Yeah, he's an idiot. I'm, I have no problem saying that. Okay. You go for it. Idiot. I'm going to hold off on that. All right, so what's what's the ceiling for Graham Mertz starting quarterback, your Wisconsin Badgers? Uh, top quarterback taken in the draft. <laughs> what's, what are the, the bat? I guess, what's the, what do they get, nine, eight plus one, nine games now? They do. Look, I don't think Jack Cohen, I don't think Jack Cohen is out for the entire year. The biggest question is if Graham Mertz, say he's, say, Jack doesn't play, get Wally to play for Pitt. the first couple of week, first couple of weeks, right? Like, say he's out for a month, yeah, and he's out until you know November, or the middle of November, and Graham is playing well. Does Jack get his job back? No. Like, say, say Graham's playing at the same level Jack was playing at. Do they get, do he, does he get his job back? They always say you can't lose your uh, spot to uh, starting spot to injury, but that's like an old man saying. Yeah, now it right. happens all that's the not, time. That's not realistic. Now that's it not, always happens. Yeah. If he's playing the same or slightly – if he's playing the same, I think it's, you stick with Graham Mertz. Why would you upset the apple cart? I also think it's whether the team is playing well, too. Well, like if, right? they're, if they're undefeated and it's time for Mer- uh, Cohen to come back, why would you – why? Why would you? You would keep Mertz. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's a Trubisky thing. Trubisky, 2-0, and playing well. Did you see Foles yesterday? Oof. That stunk. They, they, win, they win three straight and they take their starting quarterback out. Yeah, that's stinky. Bears are three and zero when Trubisky starts. Yeah, the zone. Oh, and one, this, oh and one with Foles. Someone yeah. has called in like thirty times, exactly. and I just tried to get to him, and they hang up. Well, I have a pretty good idea who that person could be. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a booze addict, Charlie down the middle, Johnson.